Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Sergeant First Class John Valentine. Welcome to the Veterans Be Real podcast. Here's where we try to keep it real and do our best to help all our fellow veterans out there. This podcast will hopefully open our veterans' eyes into the transition and challenges they are facing and give them some guidance along the way. Please subscribe and download our podcast. We look forward to you, your insight, and your loyalty. Thanks for listening. And now here's Veterans Be Real. Cause we are the brave. Yes, we are the brave. We'll fight you in Good morning, Veteran Be Real listeners. It's Sergeant Be Real again with you, or it could be afternoon or evening, depending on where you're at when you're listening to the podcast. You guys know the drill, right? Today, I got Chris Ellenberg. He's actually a friend of mine. He's down here in the Fort Hood Clean area himself. He's an Army soldier, a previously Army soldier. So he's a great guy, does a lot of great things in our community. I work with him directly a lot of, a lot of things to try to help him, and he helps me. So it's actually a really good relationship that I have with Chris. But Chris has a really good story, so we wanted to bring him on and let, let you guys hear about how he transitioned out of the military and what he's doing now. So, Chris, the floor is yours, my friend. Let's all hear about what you're doing. Hey, John, thanks. So I got out of the Army back in the December 2012, and right off the bat, I'd heard it a thousand times the past six months. Hey, it's going to be hard. It's going to be different. Things are going to be different. People are going to be different. And I tell you, it was different. The, uh, the people out there, whenever you get out of the Army, it just it kind of changes because it's not really the brotherhood that you're looking for whenever you first get out of the military that you think that you're going to have. Your friends are going to constantly get out of here, go back home where they're from. They're going to go to new units. You're going to be left alone depending on where you go and what kind of environment you leave yourself to. So setting yourself up for success six months out before you ETS is a big key thing for me. I believe that that would have really helped me a lot more. I got out without the knowing of what I was going to do job-wise, without knowing where I was going to go, what I was going to do. I didn't want to really go home. I wasn't sure what I wanted out of life. Still at that point, getting out of the military, and I'm fresh. You know, I've still got that mindset of, hey, life's military. Life's not military. We have to overcome that and actually realize that finding a job, I found out that going in and telling somebody that you know how to blow stuff up and shoot at people, they're not really too fond to hire you for that if that's the only job skills you can tell them. So really pay attention in those classes when you're getting out of the Army, no matter how boring they seem to be. It's, it, those things would have really been a lot more key if I would have paid more attention, I think, to the success. That first year I got out, I got married, ended up having a kiddo, and there was just a lot of challenges that first year, two years I ended up having a couple nights where I had some pretty bad nightmares when I first met my wife and got married to her, things kind of went through. I kicked our bedroom door open. That was the morning that I realized that I needed to go get help, and I went and got help from the VA. Sometimes looking at it going, I don't need help, I don't need help is a big, big thing, but when you get a hold of that actual help, it's, it's kind of relieving to realize that there was a community there that was for me, and that's whenever OTE kind of began kind of got involved was I found something to take my mind off of things and put my mind elsewhere and my energies elsewhere. So that way I was able to rejoin that community because the veteran community is a very strong community if we all work together. Yep, without a doubt. 
But, and, I, and I think everybody out there listening, I think the big thing that we all need to take from this is that after all the episodes that we've done and all the talking about this transition, the one thing that Chris is kind of relating to is, and a lot of the other people I've had on the show has talked about is you got to focus and pay attention that last six months when you're in, when you're starting to clear and do ACAP and do all that stuff, you got to pay attention. I know our mindset in the military is to just kind of check the block and get it over with, but you really got to pay attention to this stuff because it's really going to help set you up for that change. And that successful attitude of that you're going to have when you get out of the army, you know, Chris, you know, he, you heard he had a few struggles. He had some PTSD issues. He had some other issues with his, you know, getting married, and that puts enough stress on you getting married, right? Because now you bring another human being into your life that you got to take care of, or work with, and be a part of, and a relationship with. So you put yourself through challenges when you, you know, you do things when you get out, and a lot of it is because of the fear of you're out of that normal situation that you're in when the army, like you're not getting up at PT, you're not going to whatever, you're not going to the motor pool, you're not going whatever it might have been. All that's changed now, so you're in a different environment. So just pay attention because guys like Chris, myself, a lot of our guests that we've had on all tell you, the biggest mistake a lot of us make is we just didn't focus enough on the ACAP portion that they do provide, even though I don't think it's enough, but at least they provided something. And, and it's part of our responsibility with those ACAP counselors and TAPs and those guys to make sure you're paying attention, right? So pay attention. Yeah, and going along with what you just said, paying attention, it's – Key to details. We were taught that in the military multiple times. Pay attention to the details. Pay attention to the details. But that last six months, you're paying attention. I'm getting out of here. I'm bailing. I've got my own deal. I'm going to do my own thing. But those that attention to detail on those couple things would have gotten my VA disability a lot quicker, would have gotten a lot of other things a lot quicker. And to be honest, if just that little bit of attention made – a whole bunch of difference when I actually got out and I had to go seek it from somebody else, spend more time and then spend more time trying to figure out how to do it myself versus using what the army had given me when I was getting out to make it simpler. I thought I'd done it easier and done it right, but taking the shortcut wasn't always the right way. And sometimes that's what we're used to. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, a lot of times, because again, us in the military, it's all about checking those blocks, getting through the classes, getting through whatever turning that sheet in and moving on to the next thing so you can get done so you can clear CIF so you can do whatever. So, you know, you, unfortunately for all of us that are in the military, because we've been broken all the way down and built back up into the way the mindset the military wants us, that's our mindset. And that's still who we are. We're still just trying to get through the, the little overlook. You check that block, check that block, check that block. All right, turn the paperwork in, go get the next sheet, check that block, check that block. Check. So that's our mindset. But what we have to do is tell ourselves to slow down. So all you soldiers out there listening, slow down. Hold people accountable, make people responsible for what you're trying to do to get out, to make sure you're getting out the right way. Ask the questions you need to ask. Ask those questions with the VA guy, because I know at Fort Hood, when we went through Fort Hood and I cleared Fort Hood at the Copeland building, you know, the VA guy came in and I, that was the one area that I actually started asking questions. Like, okay, what do I need to do? What are we doing here? Because I knew I've been in the Army 20 years and my body was beat up. So I knew there were going to be things I needed to understand. So I actually started asking questions. That was probably the first phase of my clearing that I actually started asking questions was where I got to my VA rep that was at the Copeland building. But a lot of soldiers don't. They're just like, yeah, whatever, dude, go screen my record, and then let me get out of here because I just want to clear and get out of post. I want to clear post and get out of here, get on my bus or get on my plane and go home or whatever it is you're going to do. So just pay attention because what Chris is saying, it's, it's real because – that's just our mindset in the military is just to get things done and get to the next thing. And especially when you're getting ready to get out and you're going to have that, what you consider to be freedom. You don't have that, you don't have a sergeant anymore. You don't have that, that you know, that person <laughs> over you anymore. So you just, I want to get out of there. So you just kind of got that attitude, but you have to t take a deep breath, slow down, 
and make sure you're setting yourself up for success when you're getting out because it's a lot more challenging than people think that it is. I mean, it, it was challenging for me. I mean, it took me probably six, five or six years to really get my feet really under me, you know what I mean, where I had control of my civilian life because I had spent my whole entire life in the military between being independent for 19 years and then going in the army when I was 19 till I was 39. I only knew one way of living. I never lived in the civilian sector ever in my entire life until I got out of the army when I was 39 years old. So for me, it took me five or six years to kind of get my feet under me to understand the changes and things I got to do different. Guys like Chris might've been a civilian before he came in with his parents and then he came in the army and he did, but still the army, because of the way they break you all the way down to nothing and then rebuild you, you kind of get out of that mindset you had before you were in the army. Like, cause you don't even think about that no more. Cause now you're a soldier and they make you proud to be a soldier. They make you proud of who you are as a soldier and stuff. So you take that ownership to that personality you are now as a soldier, and that's all you are. And now when they're going to kick you out, you're still a soldier because that's who you are, and you're just going through the, you know, check, check, check. Here's the sheet, Sarge. I'm gone. I'm going to CIF. I'm going to clear CIF. And then here's the, all right, where's my 214 and my flag? I want out of here. You know, I want to get on the bus. You're not really thinking about the outcome of where you're headed. So uh, Chris gave a lot of good stuff there. I mean, you got to pay attention. Slow down. Make sure you're asking the questions and talking to people because, like he said, he had to go figure it all out on his own, right? And that takes longer. You don't get the resolution you need faster. Your VA stuff or your counseling stuff or your whatever. The, hell, a lot of soldiers don't even know, realize what the VA offers them when they get out as far as what, what they can go to the VA for because they don't ask those questions. They just assume they can use the VA. But you really well, and yeah. And another thing that kind of comes down with soldiers is I'm too proud. Well, yeah. Don't be too proud. I was that guy, I've said it a thousand times, that I was that guy that put a gun in my mouth years ago. But a specific situation kept me from going through with things. The right person got a hold of me at the right time. I got help. But that I get it all the time through my organization, guys that, that come through and they have, they're too proud. And I'm looking and I'm going, man, this guy's got a lot of problems, but he won't open up. He won't talk about them. And he don't want to go get help. He wants to try to do it all himself. Yeah. It's just like clearing and getting out of the army. You can't do it all yourself. You have to have that help. You have to have those pointers and the right people to point you that direction. And Chris is right, but you really can't do it on your own, man. This is a group effort. You got to, you're, you know, while you're still in, you got to lean on your battle buddies while you're still in the army about, Hey man, this is kind of spooky getting out of here. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm excited to get out, but man, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get out. Some guys think they got, Oh, I got a job at home with my mom or my dad's got a business or whatever. That's great. You know what I'm saying? But what are you going to go live with your mom? Live with your dad. After you've been a soldier and you've lived in, you know, you've been on your own for that many years, you're just going to go back and live with your parents. So, I mean, there's a lot of things. And like Chris said, a lot of guys got pride that gets in the way. They got, because they don't want to ask questions because Chris is like me. You know, he runs a nonprofit and he knows because he talks to these guys one-on-one. -on -one. He gets a little bit more in-depth with them because he gets to go out and do stuff individually with them. But when you sit down and talk to these guys, and you can, you can see yourself in them. That's the thing I realized. I could see myself in a lot of guys I talked to. Like, yep, that was me back when I was in the – that was exactly who I was. And knowing what I know now, I realize that's not the path you want to stay on before you get out because you want to open up and figure this out on you. You know, make sure you have – resources available to you that you understand how to use and get to. So, you, you know, just pay attention to what Chris is telling you. What I'm telling you is that slow down, go step by step, take advantage of the fact that the army is giving you the opportunity to clear and, and ask those questions. Cause here's the thing too, even if you're not sure, ask the question anyway, make them answer your question because then at least we, now you have a little bit of knowledge on that area. Even if it's not all of it, it's at least some of it. So now you could find out. All right. Well, and, I had an NCO one time that told me, that the only stupid question is question not asked. Yeah, sometimes there are stupid questions that you should be able to figure out yourself. But if you don't ask a question, how much smarter are you for not asking it? Right. 
And that's really so what that's it boils a, down to, man. It's really important. Those questions, I was a lot of questions I didn't ask because I felt that, oh, it's just a stupid question. I can figure it out myself. But if they had just told me, hey, all you got to do is go to this room, I wouldn't have had to went to three phone calls, 30 minutes on the phone to figure out, hey, go to this room. I could have found it out in 30 seconds. Yep. And that's the key, guys, especially when you're clear. I know I can speak for Fort Hood, Copeland Building and stuff. They have a lot of resources right in that building when you're getting out, man. And they're all in the same building. So all you got to do is ask somebody in that building, and they'll tell you what floor it's on and what room it is, and you can go up there and talk to somebody. So you don't really have an excuse if you're at a lot of these major installations. You don't have an excuse because there's one building usually that has all this stuff in it. And all you got to do is open your mouth and ask the question. And somebody's going to point you to the right building, the right floor, the right room, and you can go ask that question. So pay attention. Because getting out, it's not as easy as we all hoped it would be. You know, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's a lifestyle change, too. You got to remember, getting out of the military is a lifestyle change. And I'm saying the word change. And people like, because even in the military, nobody likes changing shit. Nobody likes changing stuff. You know what I mean? Like, we all knew Monday morning we had motor stables at 9 o'clock after PT. We all knew where we had to be in formation at 9 o'clock. We went there, right? But all of a sudden, they threw that off and they changed it. That throws you off. Your whole day gets thrown off, right? Your whole mindset's thrown off because you're not doing the normal thing you normally used to do. So... Just remember that the military puts us in a situation where we're on a schedule, we're on a routine, we're on a deal, right? Civilian sector ain't nothing like that, brother. I'm telling you guys right now, it's so different. No, it ain't. <laughs> it's so different, man. It's mind-numbingly different, really. I mean, it's Oh, and the camaraderies. Yeah. Every one of us that are in the military, we've got some civilian friends. We've been to the bars. We've been out fishing. We've been out somewhere where we've made neighbor friends that are civilians. And those relationships are good, but you never realize how much your relationship with military guys that are veterans, that are like-minded, that are soldiers, guys that have been through all the same things, you never realize how much you miss that camaraderie until you don't have it anymore. It's just like a lot of other things. You don't really realize it until it's gone, how much you actually enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and, and there's some that, things about the Army that yeah. you don't miss. You don't miss some of the things about the Army, I know. But those camaraderies, everybody misses the camaraderies and it is and you know why because here's the thing here's the thing i love to tell people all the time is that the one thing that every enlisted soldier has in common is we all went through basic training and had drill sergeants that rode our ass for eight weeks and dog us out that we all went through that same trauma of getting broken down and built back up all of us did we went up yeah different drill sergeant different locations different whatever but we still all went through basic we all went through basic training for eight weeks right we all did it Every enlisted soldier. So the one common ground we have coming into the army is we all went through the same shit to get where we need to get to, to be a soldier. Right? So that right there brings us all in together tighter anyway, because we all know we all went through basic training. We all had drill sergeants that smoked our butts and made us do push-ups and did all that crazy stuff with us. Taught us how to, you know, got us into different run groups and all that other crazy stuff that happens to you in basic. Right? We all, I don't care if you went to basic in 1990 or went to basic in 2000, you still go through the same traumatic experience because they're breaking you down. Right? So that's the one common thing that brings us all together to start off is that we all made it. We all graduated. We all made it to become a soldier. So you're already all have that in common. You go out to the civilian sector. There's not a lot of people that go through that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And, and live through that kind of trauma and people yelling at you and treating you like you're nothing and, and, built, and breaking you down. So there's a lot of things like Chris is saying about camaraderie. I mean, I'll be honest. That's the only thing I miss about the military is the camaraderie. I don't miss any of the other stuff about the military at all. <laughs> I don't regret a day of my life in the army. I don't regret a day of my time in the military. But the only thing I miss are the soldiers, are my peers and my battle buddies and my troops. And uh, that's the only thing I miss. I could go without all the other shit. You know what I'm saying? I could go without all the other drama and all the other, you know, the political parts of the military and all that stuff. But man, I miss those guys. I miss the guys. I miss having fun with them. I miss doing stuff with them because, like I said, we all went through something together. 
And then on top of that, if you've deployed and you deployed with a unit, you did that stuff and you were over there overseas with somebody and then you, that even brings you closer together because now your lives were in each other's hands. You know what I'm saying? So that even brings you even closer than basic training. Right? So now you're even like, holy shit, you know, we went to war together and we made it. You know what I mean? So that brings you even closer. So there's a, a deeper bond. You know what I mean? So Chris is right. I mean, the camaraderie is probably the number one thing you're going to miss. Not for all of you out there listening. Don't get me wrong. Some of you can't stand some of the people in the army. And you're just ready to get away from it. And I got that. You know what I'm saying? I got that. I had, I had something like that too. You know what I'm yeah. You can't remember that there's that's part of it too. There's some people who just don't like other people. You know what I'm saying? It don't matter what you went through together. But for the majority of us out there, that's one of the big things will be the missing that camaraderie, missing your battle buddies and, and the guys in your unit and knowing you had to go through the same tormented shit that they did, that you did. And that's kind of what brings us all together as soldiers, you know, going to the field. I remember the first time I went to the field, man, we were, all of us were kind of scared and we're like, we didn't know what the hell the field was. You know what I mean? Like what? And then we go out to the field with a regular unit, not basic training, a regular unit. And you go out there and do maneuvers and you do all that stuff. It was different, man, but it bonded you because now you guys are all, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, you know, you're getting one MRE a day or whatever. You're frigging walking everywhere or pounding the ground or putting up defensive perimeters or whatever you're doing, but you're doing it together, right? So that's the thing that builds the military. That builds us. That's what makes us different than the civilian sector is because we have to count on each other for everything we do. Civilian sector, you know, Chris has a job. He doesn't really necessarily have to count on a whole lot of people to do his job. He just got to go out and do his job, right? He might have one or two people at his office he has to count on to get him his job selection or whatever. But realistically, in the civilian sector, there's not that same type of camaraderie building. There might be some nope. businesses out there like that, but not most of them. So, yeah. Yep, we're a three-man business, and most of the time we're by ourselves or if we got one other guy in the truck. But it's we don't spend time on the weekends together. We don't have anything in common other than work. Yeah. There's maybe one or two things that'll get short talk, but the camaraderie that I get is being able to spend the time with other veterans with where I'm at. That's yeah. one what, of the big what, things about over there. Hey, Chris, Chris, when was the last time you pulled CQ or staff duty? When was the last time I pulled it? Yeah. In the civilian sector. Oh, never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's my point guys out there. All you, we all have a joke, right? Cause we all know I what did take CQ it is. We all know what staff duty is, right? I'm on call all the time with my cell phone. I and mean, I, I guess I could kind of call that a, a civilian duty. <laughs> yeah, it's an it's on-call duty. It's a little different, though, and then sitting in a building, staring at a yep. TV screen or walking around the barracks or whatever, right? But see, again, even that stupid little thing, that CQ or staff duty or whatever you had to pull, that's something that gives you something in common with other soldiers because all of us at one point or another all pulled CQ. We all pulled staff duty. Whether you're the CQ or the runner or staff duty or the runner, you were on duty, right? 24-hour duty, had to stay awake all night, walk around, check the security of the building or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Then the next morning you get relieved, you go home and go to sleep, then you get that day off and then you come back into PT the next day. So, I mean, the civilian side of the world doesn't do that. They hire different staff, different people on different shifts that do different things or, or they just say you're on call. If, you, if we call you, answer the phone. Tonight you're on call. Okay. And you answer the phone. But it probably won't even ring. So, there you go. But it's just, it's just weird, man, that there's so much that brings us close together in the Army or in the military, I shouldn't just say the army, all the military branches. But the point is, there's all those things that just bring us closer together because now we have something even more in common than the majority of people that we deal with on the outside, right? So think about that. So that's a big deal. So all right, Chris, let's talk about Over the Edge Outdoors and what you're doing for the soldiers and veterans in the area and how that's working. So kind of like you, we talked earlier about the camaraderies, that was one of the big things that I missed when I got out of the military. Yep. And that was one of my, I guess you could call my challenges of separation. So whenever I went through and decided to figure out how I was going to fix that issue, I was taking one or two guys at a time. 
And I just, I'm going fishing. I'm going to take somebody with me. So I would look online and find a veterinary soldier I've never met before. Talk to them a little bit. We'd make a plan. We'd go fishing. We'd go hunting. We'd go do something. And I paid for it out of my VA paycheck every month for six years. After 2018, I got a hold of some guys. Whenever everything kind of crashed on me at once, I had family coming. I had babies on the way. I had just bought a property. And there was a lot of things that were going to happen. I wasn't going to be able to continue. But the camaraderie from some of the guys I'd taken in the past, they were like, hey, this is something interesting, something I want to do. Let me be involved. So I got those guys involved. Next thing you know, we become a nonprofit. After we become a nonprofit, now we've got a chance to reach a whole lot of veterans and soldiers. We also build that veteran community. So our get back from it is we get a chance to spend and meet multiple guys. I took a guy that I was in bunk basic training side by side with. 10 years and three months after we were in basic training together. And he was, I, I'd gotten out of the army. I'd been out of the army for about five years already. He is still in the army. He had transferred down here to, for a, he was in reserve, or he was in National Guard of Reserves and he got activated, got pulled to Fort Hood. And 10 years later, he was sitting in my driveway and I didn't, I'd only talked to him on the phone, didn't know who he was, didn't hear his last name, nothing like that. But once he showed up, it was pretty neat just the fact that, hey, this is a guy that I I bunked side by side with years ago, a guy that I sat tons of times with on the side of a road, wondering where we were going to get told we could stand up and start running again with our rucksacks to catch back up. You know, during all the training, there was a lot of stuff that we did, and we talked about it that night. And it was so much fun just sitting there talking about it with somebody that everything kind of released. And it's just those little moments with those guys – like you said, we may not know each other, but just like our slogan says, we may not know them all, but we owe them all. We don't know each other, but I can go out there and sit in a blind with somebody or sit on a boat or I can take them bow fishing or we can take them to a ranch to go camping somewhere. And I can spend a couple of hours with that guy and know a lot of things that me and him have in common. That was a guy that we took down to Rock, Rock Springs last year. We deployed together. We were in one of the worst situations of our lives together. And yet, 10 years later, 11 years later, we're at a ranch out in the middle of nowhere, sitting in staying blind together. So it was, you know, we didn't even talk. We were within six feet of each other in that situation. And all those years later, I'm sitting in a blind beside the guy in the middle of nowhere. So it's quite amazing at what, how small the community is. And yeah, you might meet world. a guy, you might meet a guy that knew somebody you were in the unit with or somebody you went to training with, or you might know somebody they knew. And then there goes a whole list of stories. Now you've got things in common because they like things that you two like. And that camaraderie is a, a big deal. I believe that being able to knock off the 22 a day, which is what we have, we have that issue. And knocking off that 22 a day, I think rebuilding the camaraderie because it's a lot easier to call a friend down the road than it is to call a phone number on a screen or somebody you're going to have to wait on hold for five to ten minutes to talk to somebody that's going to put you to somebody else. Right. Now you can call your buddy down the street, even though you didn't go to deploy together, even though you weren't in the unit together. You can call him down the street knowing that he was something similar and he understands you. Those camaraderies are going to really take care of a lot of issues. They will. That's what they do. All right. So everybody out there, Chris runs Over the Edge Outdoors. It's a nonprofit down here in Central Texas. It takes guys hunting and fishing and doing a whole bunch of cool stuff together building that camaraderie like you talked about. And he's big on that, right? He's got a hunter's club you can join, and I think it's $10 a month, but it helps them structurally pay for feeding the guys when they're out on the mission, they're out on the hunts and all that kind of stuff. So he's always looking for guys to sign up and help them out with that. So 
if you're interested in helping out another nonprofit that's doing a lot for soldiers and helping them get out of the house and kind of meet and meet and get around some other veterans, the hunting club there is a great thing. And all this stuff will be, all this information will be on our website with his episode launch date release and all that stuff and his flyer. We'll be building out his flyer and that flyer will get released a week prior to his episode release and you guys can check it out there. You can also go to Over the Edge Outdoors on Facebook. You can go to Over the Edge Outdoors on, the, on his website, all that stuff. So Chris, plug your website real quick and your Facebook page. I will. I'll plug it in there. Yeah. All right. So you guys understand that this is it. This is it, man. The big thing today we talked about was camaraderie and, and, and the challenges and also just taking your time and your out process and making sure you're asking questions, right? No question is a stupid question. You just got to ask it and find out what's going on for you. That's the whole thing about it. It might be a dumb question in the sense of logically to that person, but the point is to you. So it's a need you have and you need a need you get need to get filled. So you need to ask it and don't worry about whether he thinks it's dumb or not. Most most NCOs and most soldiers or most clinic people in those buildings are going to help you with the question no matter what, how dumb it is or not. So just ask it, all right? I ask dumb questions all the time. I get people looking at me like I'm sideways, but I ask anyway because I got to know, right? I need to know the information. So you ask it. Don't be afraid to ask the questions, all right? So thank you, Chris, for being on the show, man. I appreciate you, brother. Look forward to seeing you. You, you know, you still owe me a hunting or a fishing thing or something, man. I've been waiting for a long time. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm sure we can go find some crawfish somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'll eat some crawfish now. <laughs> we'll figure something out, right? All right, man. You all right, good. buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right, talk to you soon. All right. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Hope you all got something out of this podcast today. Please tell a battle buddy about us and stay tuned for our upcoming podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at www.veteransbereal.com. Support us because we got your back. Till next time, everyone. I'm out of here. Oh,